we're back in with a, just a league-based edition of the Brisbane Football Review's MPL. So that's Scott and with you once again. And Adam, it may just be a league-based show this weekend, but there's still plenty to talk about. Absolutely. it's uh, In a way, it's good to have uh, league football back now that the FFA Cup spots have been decided and uh, they get back into the grind of, you know, for what a lot of clubs is, is just as important. Absolutely. Coming up on the show, we've got a couple of interviews for you, along with some results over the weekend, which certainly put premiership races into very sharp context. We'll start off, Adam. Normally, we start with the NPL men to start at the beginning of the round. We'll actually start at the end of the round this weekend because we, we just got back from the game at Heath Park between the Brisbane Roar Academy and Eastern Suburbs, and it was a 5-0 win for the Brisbane Roar. Two goals for Cyrus Demi, young Sam Klein, Eli Adams, and Louis Zabala on the score sheet for what was the home side there at Heath Park tonight. And this was a very, very polished performance from the from the young Roar, wasn't it? It was complete from start to finish, at least from my vantage point. Yeah, it's probably, probably, probably the most complete um, performance that the uh, young Roar have put in. Um, the, it may be not... Like so, there's probably still plenty to improve on. Um, but but yeah, this they they were uh, in control, you know, for most most of this contest. They were, and again, once again, Cyrus Demi is just I think it's, it's four, fourteen goals now for the season. He's equal second on the Golden Boot chart, only trailing Andy Pengelly. And the 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 way he created the opportunities, not just the goals he did take, but some of the other chances he laid on. That was just he's a joy to watch, isn't he? He is. Um, it just uh, seeing him sort of, you know, develop, you know, over the last sort of you know, year and a bit, and you know, going going from sort of a player who, you know, sort of, you know, wasn't a bit was a bit unsure of himself to become a player where, you know, you can just tell the confidence um, has sort of, is starting to shine through his game. You know, obviously a bit more physical, and look, he's one of the top marksmen in the league. He is, and we've spoken a lot about Cyrus in the last few weeks. I always want to talk about some of the players from the young rule. We do talk about them. We talk about them a lot, obviously, but. A couple of players who we don't really talk too much about. Louis Zabala, one who really, really in that holding midfield, I was really coming into his own, isn't he? And young, young Samuel next to him in midfield there, absolutely, same client, sorry, absolutely outstanding young player. Got his first goal tonight. That's another really good young player coming through. So there's some unsung heroes in this young rural side who people know about the, the Demis, the Parsons, the Eli Adams, and, and the guys in the front third. But there's some really good players who are the unsung heroes of this side. Yeah, it's always the uh, midfield that seems to be sort of the changing. Obviously, the back four seems very, very settled these days um, with uh, Reese Gray, uh, ja- Jackson Simkin, uh, Hassan Ramazani, and even uh, Dominic Hallwood, who seems to have made his uh, made that position his own, where he seems to be switching uh, with with um, Hassan you know, between left back and centre back. But yeah, the midfield especially seems to have a lot of change, a lot of turnover. But I think Louis Zabala, he started at the end of last season, you know, playing pretty much in that front in that front third. And he sort of wasn't as effective. But since he's moved into sort of that more holding position, and also as well the captaincy, the, having that has really sort of, you know, made him sort of, you know, a more complete player. And he seems to really be a integral part of this uh, machine. Sam Klein, just another example of a player that, you know, it seems to be, you know, the under 23 seems to just producing players that are capable of stepping up into the top grade. And that, that's, that's got to be a joy for uh, Chris Grossman and his entire coaching team. It is it's a seemingly endless uh, pipeline of talent coming from that under-23s and beyond into into his side. And he's certainly getting plenty of quality players to work with. I mean, even offensively, Adam, I mean, Nathan Foster didn't have a lot to do tonight, but we were pretty close behind the goal there at Heath Park. There's not much gap between the, the stand and the goal. So you could it was quite cl- up close and... 
as he didn't have a lot to do, but he made one really, really good save late in the game to to keep that clean sheet. And we know that the the raw goalkeeper coach wasn't too far away from us. I know they were very, very keen to get that clean sheet. So it was a a very important save because for goalkeepers, it's it's difficult, isn't it? When you're in when you're goalkeeping for a side which is so dominant, and the raw were very dominant in this game, it may, it's very, very difficult to maintain that concentration, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's the motivation as well for Nathan Foster. That you know, four nil up. I don't think many people would, you know, bad an eyelid if they if if uh, East actually scored a consolation. And Jaden Bellarezzo did everything he could um, on that, but uh, Foster just got that touch. And look, that, that's probably the most important thing was that you know that that Foster and that back four did get that clean sheet because five nil sounds a lot better than five one. It doesn't with East as well. Look. We know East have been really good at home and they've given they've given real trouble to some of the top sides in the competition. This wasn't their night tonight, was it? They they had some half opportunities. They certainly could have opened the scoring early on with a really good chance. Had an open goal, which unfortunately was skied over the top. So it could have been a very different game if he happened to score that, but it just wasn't their night, was it? No, no, no. I just think um I just think with East tonight, they just seem to be they they, they I think they're a side that will really be up for the fight as far as you know, in some more physical teams. But when it comes to the Raw who are a very technically adept side, um, it just seems that they just could not um they just could not shut them down. And and yeah, look they I don't think I think the result kind of flatters them in a way that I think flatters the Raw that I don't think it was that pedestrian-like where they were absolutely smashed off the park, but yeah, you know, I think they, they were sort of you know second best tonight. Whereas they've actually they've actually you know, beaten you know a Gold Coast Knights and Olympic on that patch. They they frightened the hell out of uh, Peninsula Power early in the season, and also uh, came back from three 0 down to draw with Lions. So they're, they're a side that are capable of playing against the top teams in the league. But I just think the way the Raw play their football, I just think it just might be for the for their style. I just think it might be too much. They look like they're a very much mid-table side, don't they? Eastern Suburbs, they're not going to be in any danger of dropping into the bottom three, and they're not likely to be challenging for a top six spot. But it's a very solid side. And as you mentioned, they've troubled plenty of teams at home, and they'll, they've, got, they've got some big games coming up, so they might be able to do do that once again on the road. We'll have to wait and see. Now, after the game, Adam, we caught up with the Raw coach, Chris Gross, and back on the sideline after a couple of weekends away. So let's hear what Chris had to say after his side's five and the win over Eastern Suburbs tonight. Very happy coach the Raw, Chris Grossman. Chris, 5 0 over Eastern Suburbs. I'm sure that's just the way you drew it up. No, I wish, I wish. It's, um, it, it's, it's good to be back, um, and it's good to be back with a, a performance and, probably more importantly, a result like that. I think, uh, you know, East did have a lot of opportunities early on. They hit the post twice in the first couple of minutes, and we were probably a little bit, uh, a bit slow out of the box. So uh, to come away with a result like that, I think, is a little bit flattering, but uh, there's still a lot, of, a lot of things that we need to work on. How important was it to bounce back? I had the week off last week because they're fake up, but two losses before that. Was it important to have the to bounce back? And how much did the week, the week off actually help you in that regard? Um, well, he, uh, historically, weeks off haven't helped us. I think uh, we went into Gold Coast Knights with a week off and we thought, oh, freshen up and that, but we came out really slow and it, it was disappointing performance tonight. We challenged the boys you know, all week to, to come out quick, to, to, to make sure we're on top of things. I think... Uh, uh, having Owen in for the two weeks while I was away was important. I think the boys heard a different voice. They, uh, they had a little bit of a, uh, a different voice conducting things, but the same way we want to go at things. So uh, it, it was good to come in this week. It was good to, to get on top of things, which from the outside I was able to see. Um, from the video I was able to see, and, uh, and the boys responded magnificently tonight. Um, young Sam Klein into the side. 
played a couple of games there, but that's his first goal for your side. Another really good young player coming through. Yeah, he is. He is. It's, um, I think I've said this before. I'm really, really happy with the players we've got coming through at the moment. Sam's one of them. He's not, you know, he's not here by any other reason. The, his performances have warranted it. Um, if you ask me, it's frustrating that we haven't been able to do that earlier. Um, but, you know, tonight was a perfect opportunity for that. His performance has been screaming out for it. He's got no commitment to uh, school football anymore. So we can uh, now throw him in when, A, he's deserving the opportunity and, B, when his body's ready for it. Um, because, let's be honest, it's, uh, it's a tough league um, and to put players that are inexperienced in with anything but 100% fitness is... Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's difficult and it's probably disrespectful to be honest. So um, yeah, we've we've battled long to try and you know keep him away, but tonight he was he was magnificent. So in back into the top two now with results over the weekend, you've got Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Lions the next two weeks. How important are those two matchups? Looking ahead to potentially not locking up a fast spot, but certainly going taking a big step forward towards doing so. Yeah, massive. Uh, they're both teams which uh, which are pushing as well, uh, and, and we're the same. So um, you want to play in these games. I stressed to the boys before. You know, they're three important weeks for us. We need to make sure we roll our sleeves up, continue to work, don't get carried away with tonight. Um, as much as it was rewarding, we know Sunshine, uh, Sunshine Coast are going to be very, very difficult um, on their home patch, um, and Lions as well. Um, they had a really good win, uh, which I watched uh, a fair bit of last night. So we're under no illusions that it's going to be difficult. Uh, we've set ourselves targets for the second round and uh, you know I'm, I'm confident if we continue to build on tonight that um, we're, we're moving in the right direction. And it's finally going to be back on the sidelines? Yeah it is it is it's uh, it's fantastic I mean it was difficult to be away I mean the group is uh, they mean a lot to us it's uh, it's a good young group they step in they do everything you ask of them they go above and beyond and uh, you know to be away was important but to be back in is 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 magnificent they're a great group of boys um, they work extremely hard and this is a lot of their work um, in the development of this side not so much into what we've done but you know they, they work extremely hard they take your messages on board and, and they're very very uh, ambitious so um, yeah it's great to be back um, and I look forward to the next uh, you know 12 plus weeks Congratulations on the birth and the three points and good luck going for as well. Cheers, lads. And thank you once again to Chris for his time there after the game tonight at Heath Park. We'll move on to the first game of the race. We'll go right back to the first game on Friday night in what was a, a game where there was one game postponed between Gold Coast United and Olympic FC. That'll be caught up in a couple of weeks' time. But the game which was played on Friday night was at Canubia Park and it was a 1-0 win for the league leaders, the runaway league leaders, Peninsula Power over Logan Light by one goal to nil. Andy Pengelly once again on the score sheet. Adam and... It's just typical Peninsula Power at the moment, isn't it? They they may not necessarily be playing at their absolute best right now, but they keep finding a way to win. And when you've got Andy Pengelly up front, it makes things a lot easier for you. It does uh, to have, have a reliable goal scorer. But um, look, credit to Logan Lightning. I think that they obviously uh, they were resilient enough to sort of get a hold Peninsula Power for 70-odd minutes. And it may be, it may be a case of they obviously they, they met in the... Um, the Football Foundation Cup in round one, and they, they got blown off the park inside half an hour by power. So obviously they've learned learned a few things. I think they are obviously a much better team at Cornubia Park. But uh, but yeah, look, I think it's a good performance. I think maybe um, Pinchel Power. I think admittedly they might be suffering a bit of a hangover after sort of the obviously be. Uh, the occasion of qualifying for the round of 32. But, um, yeah, look, they, it's three points in the bank and uh, they maintain their perfect record for the season. They do. And it was 4-0, actually, at halftime in that game in round one for Peninsula Power. So since then, in the last, what, 200 and 
last what a game and a half that the Logan have played against Power, they've certainly found something which seems to at least keep the scoreboard much closer. So they could be onto something there that they can work, build on there, Rick Coglin's side. Now, moving on to the games played on Saturday, a game which I watched for, for us on Brisbane Football Review was the game between Gold Coast Knights and Lions SC done at the Croatian Sports Centre. A clash between the last two sides to win the grand final, and it was 1-0 for Lions FC. And this one, Adam, an own goal about 20 minutes to go. It was a good corner acting for Max Mikkel turning at the near post. That was the only goal in the game. But the interesting thing was that Lions actually came out and really dominated this game, and I don't think anyone really expected that to be the case. They played a slightly different shape in terms of a formation, a bit of a back three, which worked really well from freeing up a couple of their more creative players in the front, though, Joey Duckworth in particular was played in a more advanced role, and he certainly had a big impact in the game. But there was a turning point, Adam, in the game. Just after the goal, actually, it was a red card for Curtis Stollery, where he um, pretty much lost it. I didn't lose it, but Luke Borean suckered him in, and he, he fell for it, basically. And and it was just a, it was a clear red card decision had to be given. It was a second yellow card, actually, but it was a very clear, clear one. And after that night, they tried, they pushed, but... It wasn't to be their night, and it's just—it's funny with Knights, isn't it? Because for the longest time they had the the unbeaten record at home. In the last couple of games in the league, they've really started to to drop points at home. It's really odd, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, Croatia Sports Centre is always a daunting place as far as you know, you know, going going there and you know getting anything out. But but uh, yeah, they've lost they've lost now two two games. At at home, um, yeah, I think maybe maybe uh, the fear fear factor is no longer there as far as going to um, going to the Croatia Sports Zone winning, and that's uh, Olympic Power and um, and uh, Lions now have all come away with points, maximum points, in fact. Absolutely, and we should, one last thing on this game before we move on: Sean Carlos did return in this game for the first time since the lockdown period in 2020. So it's been a long time between drinks in the in the NPL Queensland for Sean Carl. So good to see him back out on the field. I think he went off with a, a slight niggles. Hopefully it's not too serious. We can see him back on the field once again soon. But he did make his return on, on Saturday night. Moving on to your side, Adam. Morton Bay United, 5-1 winners down there at the Cleveland Showgrounds. Goals from Will Edmiston, Joe Scott, Emron Don- Donnelly Fagan, Lyndon Farr and Declan Smith. A late goal for Carlton Westerdale as a consolation there. But... One-way traffic down at Cleveland Showgrounds. Yeah, Morton Bay obviously uh, determined to sort of really, uh, you know, take the chances against the sides they should be beating, and you know, it's a good sign that uh, they're, they're scoring freely. And uh, yeah, five goals down at the Cleveland Showground against the side that they traditionally have um, struggled against. Uh, Redlands have had always had the um, sort of had the inside track and the wood on them as far as you know, you know, at least giving. Morton Bay a scare, but um, yeah, this was this is comprehensive. It was not last night anyway. The final game on Saturday night is was the relegation six one I should say between Magpies Crazy United and Brisbane Strikers and the ten man Brisbane Strikers. Adam, they're back. They've awoken from their slumber with their first points of the season. Goals from Asakawa from the penalty spot and Mustafa Jafari. A late goal for oh, not lot from players. I beg your pardon. It was goals from Asakawa and Jafari. A late penalty from Geordie Vlugels for Magpies Crusaders to get them on the scoreboard, but we'll take this firstly from the Brisbane strikers point of view. This is just the tonic they needed. wasn't it? the opportunity to go away, spend some time together as a team. And they've picked up three points, which might be the beginning of something for their, hopefully for their sake. 
Yeah, look, uh, I think it might it might be um, sort of yeah, a case of going away on the on to go on the road. No, I mean it's a road trip up to up to Mackay, and look, maybe maybe they found something as far as you know, just relaxing. You know, obviously, they're always going to be a chance against uh, Magpies Crusaders, who are you know just an awful you know strife at the moment. And um, yeah, look, I think it's I think it's confidence booster for them. Uh, whether whether it translates to more points and you know and the the sort of build as far as trying to get out of this uh, relegation uh, struggles they're in at the moment, uh, we see. But obviously, it's it's three points. But um, yeah, look, Magpies Crusaders. Um, yeah, I think their season's you know is falling off a cliff basically. Well, lastly on the strikers, you've got to start somewhere. They had to start somewhere to get the points on the board, and this was a good place to start for them. With Magpies, uh, where, where are they at at the moment, Adam? Because they've, we know that they everyone seemed to believe that they had an FFA Cup spot sitting there for them to take, and we know that's not the case. It's certainly a much more competitive regional zone than that, but it was the expectation was that they would qualify for the round of 32, and they would kick on from there. They've let that slip last week. Now they've drop points at home where they've played against 10 men for 85 minutes. Where are they at at the moment? Because it seems like to your point, they are really struggling at the moment. Yeah. Look, without, without, without just speculating, look, I, I've got to believe that, you know, uh, it, it's hard to say. I don't want to use the words, you know, phoned it in or, um, you know, they've, they've given up because of the news of that, you know, essentially that, you know, no matter what their fate was sealed in MPL, regardless if they got out of it or not. But, um, I think it's a case of nothing to play for. Confidence is an all-time low, and it's probably showing at the moment. And yeah, look, if it's probably not the way they want they want this to to go, but I, I don't know where uh, they go from here. Like it, we're a long way from situations, so we don't we don't exactly know what's going on up there. But um, from the outside looking in, uh, things are not good at the moment in Mackay as far as you know the performances you know on the pitch, uh, and uh, and yeah, look, I think you know we'll I'm sure we'll see more you know as the weeks go on where where they're at, but. Um, yeah, a defeat to strikers uh, who are the bottom team. You know, playing as ten men after you know for eighty-five minutes, they couldn't get it. They couldn't get anything out of it. That's a real concern to me as far as the on the pitch stuff. Off the pitch, I don't know what's going on, so we can't really. I don't want to do any more than speculate. Yeah, I mean that news you mentioned about them potentially not being in competition next year. That's still a rumor yet to be officially confirmed. We certainly heard that around the traps from more than one person. So it seems like that could be potentially happening. We'll have to wait and see what happens. In terms of where they go from here, I can tell you they go to Goodwood Park next weekend, so it's a very difficult trip for them down here in the southeast. So we'll have to wait and see how, how they fare there against Ben Khan's side, who had the weekend off after the game against Gold Coast United was postponed due to the weather. Two game, The final game played around on Sunday afternoon was out there at John Fredericks Park down there at Capalaba, and it was a 2-1 win for the Sunshine Coast. Once we left it very, very late, Adam, a late penalty for Ethan Galbraith. And you know my favourite game on this show, penalty or no penalty. We saw it on the stream. What's your opinion? Well, all I'm going to say, because I don't, I don't want to get a phone call from Football Queensland tomorrow, all I'm going to say is very, very controversial. Um, yeah, you know, we've spoke off the air about what my feelings on that. But, um, yeah, it, it was a very, very controversial call. 96th minute and um, 
look, all I'm going to say is that Sunshine Coast, uh, they they got their uh, get-out-of-jail-free card tonight. It's a big three-point. I, I, I tend to go, I don't think it was a penalty either, but we'll move on from that. But it's a huge three points for the Wanderers, isn't it? They didn't, weren't necessarily at their best today, but after two losses back-to-back against Gold Coast United, Gold Coast Knights, beg your pardon, once in the league, once in the cup, that's a really important three points for them and keeps them in and around that top four discussion. Yeah, look, and I think that may have been a case of if they didn't get out of jail, I think that might have been been the um, sort of the story about it, that that you know basically the letdown from you know be, losing pretty you know comfortably in in the FA Cup round seven against Gold Coast Knights. Uh, I think that that may have been a bit of a hangover for that, and it looked like that for a while. That uh, look, Capalaba looked at every chance of of um, seeing three points, which could have had a massive bearing on the relegation race. Because had of Capalaba held on and won that game, that they opened up the gap between them and Redlands to eight points, which I think in this league is all eight points, even at this stage, just after halfway, may have been insurmountable unless you know some results go the way we don't expect them. So. This is a big, um, big opportunity gone for Kapalabar. But look, they did well to survive as long as they did with that. They were reduced to nine men by the end of that. So, so they, they probably have themselves to blame for you know that numerical disadvantage. But uh, yeah, that, that penalty, yeah, no, that's all I'm going to say about that. Moving on to the standings, look, I'll get you out of trouble here. Peninsula Power, they do maintain a 10 point lead at the top of MPL Queensland. It could grow to as much as as 13 points. They played Gold Coast United in a catch-up game midweek, so they're on 39 points from 13 games played. Then you've got Brisbane Roar back up into second, up two spots into second place. Olympic and Gold Coast Knights third and fourth place, respectively, tied on 27. Then you've got Morton Bay United in fifth on 26. Gold Coast, Sunset Coast, one of the beggy pardon, in sixth on 25. Lions on 23. Logan and East Suburbs tied for 18 points in 8th and ninth place, respectively. Gold Coast United in 10th on 16 points. And to your, to your point, Capalabar are in 11th place on 11 points. And there's a 5-point there's a gap to, to Redlands United and Magpies Crusaders with Brisbane Strikers rounding out the table on 3 points. So there's still a, a fair old gap there between Redlands and Capalabar. So there is that derby coming up in a few weeks' time, but that's still a, that's a quite a comfortable buffer that for Capalabar. If they were to get points... In that, in that derby on their home patch, that may very well be the decisive day in terms of the bottom three. Yeah, I think so. I think it it really is starting to look like now that it's going to be, it's going to be Capalabar, uh, Redlands, Magpies, Crusaders, and Strikers in that uh, that race for the uh, for the relegation spots, or that's not a race you want to be in, but but uh, yeah, because even even Gold Coast United who got two games in hand. And even even though they face Peninsula Power and Olympic in those games, maybe they may not pick up any points from that. They're still a lot further enough away where they're probably still not in much danger. So that derby, that Redlands derby in a, in a few weeks' time, that could be pretty much the side, the side as far as, you know, it may condemn those three clubs in 12th, 13th and 14th right now to uh, FQPL next season. Very well could do. We'll talk about FQPL in a moment. But first, we're going to move on to the MPL Women's. And the game which you watched on Saturday night for us, Adam, was at Wakeley Park between second place second place South United hosting runaway league leaders Lions SC. And it was a 2-0 a win for Lions SC. Goals from Shea Connors and, and Rebecca Kirkup in pretty quick succession there, there, Adam. And this was a typical 
win for for Lions where they just showed their superiority. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to see what a uh, streak that Lions have put together in the in the uh, MPLW since since that th- that almost inexplicable thrill draw against Mitchelton in round five, and some of the stats from that eight eight games been played since then eight wins. 53 goals for zero conceded. That is that is just an incredible statement as far as the sheer dominance of this side and the way they defend. Like to South's credit, they they did um, they did at least stay in the game. They're obviously with that 53 goals that have been scored in last in the last eight weeks. Obviously, they were able to contain that that front three. Of um of lines, but uh, there they didn't really look like scoring. I think it was one chance right at the end where um Coco Mastarovic uh, was able to sort of get get a decent save. But other than that, they it was almost lights out from this uh this uh, Lions defence, and they they just like, they're just on another plane at the moment. They are, and so is Sheikh Connors, by the way, who is now eight goals clear of second place Bella Habuda on 27 goals compared to 19. So a runaway leader in the league and also in the golden boot race. But you mentioned that eight-game streak that Lions have been on, Adam, and this is not a this is not games against the bottom-placed sides in the competition. That run included games against Gold Coast United, Souths, and Capalabar in that period of time, as well as the first-ever Brisbane Classico against Brisbane City, who were well up the table at that point of time. So... They didn't. They they in this run of really good form. They've beaten the best teams. Throw in Morton Bay as well. Yep. Um, it, we, we've actually covered three games between Lions and, as you said, Gold Coast United, uh, Morton Bay United, and South United, which we've called top of the table clashes, first, first, second, and they've shut them all out. So uh, I, I honestly think that uh, the Premiership is. Is theirs. It's. It would take a, a miraculous uh, capitulation for for them to to uh, lose the premiership from here. And quite frankly, I just cannot see. I honestly can't see how another team is going to score a goal against them right now, much less beat them. So, um, yeah, it's this Lions side. It's it's a it's a special squad at the moment. There's not much more. You know, we can heap praise on that. There's not in there. Absolutely flat at the moment. So let's hear what Rob Askew had to say last night. James caught up with him after the game, commentator for Football Queens, and then host of our midweek. So let's hear what Rob Askew had to say after the game on Saturday night with the win over South United. All right, joined by Rob Askew. 2-0 win, another clean sheet, another three points. Just what you were hoping for? Yeah, it was. It made me a bit nervous there at the end. Um, I thought we were might have got rid of our clean sheet record, but that's nine in a row now, and something we're all really clinging to and really enjoying and uh it's, it's one of those little challenges we have so it was a good it was a good game very um well contested they were a difficult opponent i think they're the fittest team we played this year and since in the sense that they were still going at the end so i was really proud of the girls i thought they did a, a professional job in controlling the game for the majority of the match and obviously you know south's first versus second on the synthetic pitch was this the toughest test you guys have faced so far I always look at this fixture and, and I think, oh, yeah, you know, that's that's a tricky one. It's probably the most tricky one away trip there is because of the synthetic pitch. It takes, I think, 15 minutes to get used to the speed of it, the bounce of it. Um, but I felt of all the teams I've coached that have come and played on this pitch, the girls tonight did the best job I've seen. And no Mariel Hecker tonight either, obviously, just keeping her in cotton wool with the synthetic pitch. Uh, the girls have played, though. Pretty happy with your depth? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, our depth was stretched tonight. We had two under-23s on the bench. Um, Georgia Rink played 45 minutes with the 23s. Uh, unfortunately, Tara didn't get on, um, but would have been happy for her to get on if, if, if the game called for it. Um, so, yeah, the depth was probably as stretched as it's been all year, but uh, they got the job done, so can't, can't help but be pleased with that. Definitely. And uh, two more games remaining before the split. Uh, what's on the cards for Lions in the next couple of weeks? We just want to keep performing. So um, I think we're in a good place where we are, are, are improving our playing style week in, week out. And um, I just think we just, yeah, you know, we're going to change anything because that's the way you stuff stuff up. I'm just going to keep going the way it is. And just a quick word, Shay Connor's goal on an assist tonight, but only the one goal, a bit disappointed. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, she's a goal of game Shay, so uh, I'm, I'm always happy. I mean, I always know that she's got a goal in her, and, and I was really pleased with Beck Kirkup too. She's a bit of a goal of game player at the moment. Everyone looks at Amy, you know, Shay and Tegan, even Marielle, but uh, Beck is a, another quality player, so, you know, it doesn't matter what happens, we've got, we'll have good players to, to replace people. Cool. All right. With. All right, well, Rob, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck over the next couple of weeks, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. See you then. And thank you to James and Rob Askew for that interview there for us. Now, Adam, we'll move on to the rest of the fixtures from Round 15 in NPL Women's. There were there were three games postponed. Olympic and the Gap was postponed. I think for floodlight issues, actually, not not wet weather, so that was postponed. Along with Gold Coast United, Western Pride, and Brisbane City, Logan Lightning. The games which were played over the weekend, Peninsula Power at home lost 11-0 to Eastern Suburbs. Four goals for Lauren Askin, three for George Ramos. George Ramos, so a couple of hat-tricks there. For East, QAS 1-0 over Moreton Bay United. Virginia United 4, Southwest Clinton Thunder 2, and Sunshine Coast Wanderers 3, Mitchelton 1, Adam. Yeah, um, probably the game probably highlighting is probably uh, QAS having a home game at Walter Park against Moreton Bay United. And uh, yeah, look, Moreton Bay at the moment, they're, they're obviously massive injury toll. At the moment, so it's a fairly good. It's actually a fairly good effort. I think that uh, the QAS uh, QAS ended up winning in a very tight contest. Uh, but yeah, at the moment, Morton Bay, it's going to be it's going to be a struggle for them. They got a lot of young players coming through. Um, so at the moment, obviously, um, key injuries, and a lot of them may not be back this season. So it's, it's going to be a bit of a fight for them. But the uh, QAS. Uh, uh, two two wins out of the last three. The will not mention the one loss because that was a huge loss. But um, but yeah, look, uh, they they're obviously going to be the eighth team in the top seven. They've in in uh, once the, once the split happens, but um, they they may qualify in the top eight on their own merits anyway. So so which I think they'll put a lot of um sort of you know, questions a bit about that because it is going to get very very tight in the next couple of weeks about that make up for that. Uh, that top seven plus QIS uh, with with uh, two weeks to go. Absolutely. We'll go through the table now, but I think it's going to be much more clear next weekend, obviously after the catch-up games played midweek as well as next weekend's round of games. So there's not a lot of change currently at the moment, but we'll go through the table. Lions SC are 10 points clear at the top of the table. They're on 40 points. South United second on 30. Capalabar third on 29. You've got Gold Coast 28. Moreton Bay 26, Eastern Suburbs 25, and Western Pride in 20 on 21. That rounds out the top seven. Now, Sunshine Coast Wanderers are also on 21 points, but Western Pride have a game in hand and a superior goal difference. So currently, it is in their hands to see if they can secure that final spot. 
Following along from Sunshine Coast, you've got Olympic FC in ninth on 20, the FQQAS girls on 20 as well. Then you've got Virginia United up three spots this week into 11th place with their win. Brisbane City down to 12th on 16, Mitchelton on 14, Logan 13, the gap 12. Then you've got Thunder and Power who have been eliminated on two and one respectively. Everybody else, Adam, albeit mathematically in some cases, is still are still technically alive for the top seven. So I'll be very interested to see what happens over the next few days. It will. And those uh, those big clashes, the Olympic Olympic and gap is a bit is a big uh, contest that needs to be played because a, a Olympic win puts puts them up into seventh spot, which I think for them to miss out would be a huge um, tragedy for them. I know they've really sort of put in as far as their investment in this squad, so for them to miss out on the top on the top eight or top seven, if you want to call it that. Um, would be a would be a huge setback for that women's program, but uh, Sunshine Coast as well. They're they're right they're right in the fight, as well as Western Pride. So it's the next couple of weeks in that for those uh, clubs are going to be very very interesting. It's also a must win game, Adam, for what has been the flagship women's program in Southeast Queensland. On I think it's Tuesday night. This game is played against the Gap. The Gap have been a they were for a long time they were perennial contenders under Rob Askew. Obviously they were. I think they won the grand final three times in that period of time, and they've been an absolute powerhouse club in terms of player development in the women's game in Southeast Queensland. And I think we've talked about it before, but 12 months ago, if you'd said that the gap would not be in the top tier of women's football here in Southeast Queensland, you'd have got laughed, laughed out of any room you were in, wouldn't you? It's, it's been a, a sad decline at the gap, hasn't it? I think it is, but I also think it's it's rebuilding. It's it's yeah. uh, like I said. Uh, I think uh, speaking to uh, Mick Gallo a number of times, you know, I think even he's not. He hasn't sort of underestimated, you know, how much of a rebuild uh, this this uh, this club in their women's program in the end. Now, obviously, they they they're probably looking at more long game as far as which which is surprising because they still have they serve some talented players, but it's just maybe uh, not enough, uh, you know. I guess I guess experience in that side, and you know they just they probably don't have uh, have the sort of the the bar. Uh, I was going to say manpower, but the I guess the woman power to to match up with some of these other clubs. So look, I think maybe the time away, the time away out of you know, MPL might might benefit, and we might see them back in a year or two time in the top flight. But uh, yeah, you're right. On the face of it, yeah, it is um, a sad decline from what was a dynasty in. Uh, in in NPL women, but uh, look, all good things have to come to an end, unfortunately. They do, and perhaps a bit of a rebuild going on over there at Walton Bridge Reserve Chill Point. Moving on to round 13 in FQPL1, and the runaway league leads of this competition down in Brisbane City, they've extended their lead, basically, by virtue of the fact that they were they sat idle this weekend with their game against Mitchelton on Friday night postponed, but their nearest rivals, Rochdale, dropped points to South Sydney. We'll go through the results quickly, and we'll talk about about that fact, and it was Southside Eagles 3, Rochelle Rovers 2, Holland Park Hawks 2, Wynnum Wolves 2, Western Pride 2, Sunshine Coast Fire 2, and Southwest Queensland Thunder 3, Ipswich Knights 1. And this is a huge setback for Rochelle in terms of they, they were always a long shot to unseat Brisbane City at the top of FQPL1, but this makes it almost impossible now, doesn't it? It's gone from a fifty to one chance to a two hundred to one chance, and yeah, you know, I, 
I have no fear of favour of saying that pretty much, you know, Brisbane City are going to be the Premiers and they're going to be promoted to MPL next season. I just I just cannot see this team, this Brisbane City team dropping three games and the, and Southwest Queensland Thunder or Rochdale going perfect the rest of the way. I just don't see it happening. And I think, um, yeah, three losses against a side that is, you know, that's still perfect this season. Uh, yeah, look, uh, unfortunately, I know we want a competitive competition, but uh, look, for all the investment that City have put into getting back to top flight, as obviously is going gonna, is gonna to pay off. It is a testament to what they've done over there at Newmarket this year, having rebounded very, very strongly from that relegation last year. They could have gone either way. They've certainly put a lot of resources behind it, and they've put together a, a really good squad out there, coached by Matt Smith. And it, it certainly appears at the moment they're well on track to promotion. We'll go through the table in a moment, but firstly, a couple of games at the other end of the table, Adam, which results here could be very, very, really tighten things up. Holland Park and Wynnum Wolves, along with Western Pride and Sunshine Coast, they've played each other in back-to-back weeks now, and the, the points picked up here, they're very handy points for teams like Holland Park and Sunshine Coast, Adam, here. It tightens that gap at the bottom end of the table. It does, and uh, and yeah, it was South, South and Mitchelton I think would be looking over their shoulders also. And they, they do have games in hand, so obviously they need to make those games in hand count. Uh, Mitchelton's game in hand, unfortunately, is against uh, Brisbane City, so that may be a lot easier said than done for them. But uh, South United especially, they're, they're only one one win, you know, above the uh, – well, less than one win above the relegation zone. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, the, the I guess for me the interesting aspect about this table at the moment is um, Southside Eagles, four points out of six against Rochdale, both games played at Underwood Park. So I think they're developing into a bit of a bogey club for um, for Rochdale. Well, this was it was actually at our Memorial Park last night, despite being oh, listed it? as a home game. But oh, they sorry. swapped them around because of what happened earlier in the year. But we'll yeah. go through – the table now out of Brisbane City. They're now six points clear on the top of the table over Southwest Queensland Thunder, who played today and picked up three points against Ipswich. So they're on 27, so a six-point gap there. Then Rochdale are in third on 25. Then there's a big gap back to Western Pride, rounding out the top four on 19. And you Ipswich Knights. Oh, Southside Eagles, beg your pardon, on 15. Ipswich Knights, 14. Mitchelton, 13. South United, 12. And then Wynnum Wolves, 10. Sunshine Coast, nine, Holland Park, eight. So that top four have probably kicked clear, Adam, in terms of in terms of being safe from even entering the bottom half of the table. But the gap between ninth and fifth is is not too large at all. It's only a couple of games. No, I think I think that may be where all the interest lies in the second half of the season will be that, that relegation battle. Uh, it looks like even Western Pride, uh, potentially maybe one or two wins uh, from being pretty much that fourth side come, come that final series. So uh, even, yeah, Ipswich Knights, while they're probably sitting, they're, they're sitting pretty at the moment. I think there's still, there's still enough breathing room, but yeah, a couple of losses against the grain for them. And all of a sudden they may be a bit of trouble. So I think that may be where the battles will be for in, the, in the back end of the season will be for those relegation spots. Absolutely. We'll move on now to everyone's favourite goal fest league, where it was a bit quiet this week, actually, Adam, and not quite the the goal fest and FQPL that we have seen in recent weeks. It was a 2-1 win for Sanford Rangers over Magic United. Caboolture 2-0 over North Star, extending their lead at the top. And you've got Virginia and Coomera drawing two, all first point of the year for Coomera. And in the big game played on Sunday, Turinga Rovers 2, Grange Thistle 0. 
that's a huge lot for Turinga in all seriousness, isn't it? It is, and uh, I think I think if there's going to be a, a challenger as far as Kabulcha being promoted to FQP1 next season, it's going to be Grange. Um, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's another loss for Turinga. Uh, like so I think that, I think Kabulcha looked like the standout, but I don't think it's too much against between Grange and. Uh, Grange and Taringa, so I think they'll they'll take points off each other, which may be of benefit to Kabulcha. But um, yeah, as far as there, the goals have seemed to dry it up a little bit. They must have heard us uh, talking about them being the uh, the uh, league of goals, and uh, yeah, because that's quite disappointing that they're only that, that two is the highest. It's but, a very uh, odd one, isn't it? But it's, it's it's a six point, it's a five point gap now between Kabulcha back to Taringa in second place, with, tied with Grange, and you've got a game in hand for both of those sides. So it could cut back to three, but at the moment it is still very much in Kabulcha's hands as it has been the whole way. It, it has. And um, yeah, look again, like, like with a lot of the other first place holders in, in the other leagues, it looks like at the moment it's Kabulcha's uh, league to lose. It does now, Adam, we'll move on to, before we wrap this up, we will go to our performance. And once again, I, when I've got one that I, that I think you might, you might take ahead of me. I'm going to jump in ahead of you, and I'm going to say my performance is from the game we went and watched tonight. Cyrus Demi, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Once again, he's just, as I said earlier, he's an absolute joy to watch. He's my performer of the week. Two goals, and it could have been more. Yeah, look, uh, there's a reason why he's he's uh, touted as a future, you know, Brisbane Roy League uh, player. And uh, look, and I think the most impressive thing is that he's showing that he belongs at that level by coming back and performing at MPL levels. So and that, that's that's just a credit to him and you know his, I guess his his you know, support team, you know, both professionally and, and personally. So the fact is that he's motivated enough to show continually show why. Yeah, he's going to be that. He could be a future Brisbane Raw striker. Absolutely. And who's your form of the week? I'm mean, I'm going to take a few liberties here because I'm going to have performers of, of the week, and it's That's pretty fine. much been two months in the making because I want to single out the uh, the defensive back four for Lions FC Women's. Uh, that that uh, that back that back four defensively, Cannon Cloth, uh, Holly McQueen. Uh, Danny Ward and uh, who's the left back at the moment? Uh, and Tegan Thompson, sorry. Uh, yeah, look, eight eight clean sheets, and like, so that's also as well. We throw in uh, the keepers, the keeping core of Isabel Shalworth and um, and Coco Majsarovic. Eight clean sheets in a row, seven hundred and twenty-four minutes without conceding a goal. Look, I don't care what league you play in, that is impressive stuff. So I think. It's probably yeah, like I said, it's it's a, probably a two month performer of the week or performer of the last two months. But yeah, that back four is just absolute definition of lights out football at the moment. And uh, yeah, quite frankly, that that streak could oh, who knows how long that streak could go for. Well, hopefully you haven't jinxed it, but I'm all for the creativity there. I like it. It's a absolutely outstanding nomination. They've been an outstanding defensive unit in yeah. Lions this year this year, and they well and truly deserve that nomination. That will. Do it for this edition of the NPL Sunday Show. Thanks for joining me once again, Adam. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Absolutely. There's plenty of midweek football in the NPL to keep in mind. We'll have some of it on our social media platforms, so keep an eye on it for that. But until then, we'll talk to you all again next week on the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday Show.